Welcome to A Moment of Bach, where we take our favorite moments from the composer's vast musical output, just a minute's worth or even a few seconds, and show you why we think they are remarkable. We are your hosts, Christian and Alex Giebert. Today's moment is the instrumental introduction to the aria Gebt mir meinen Jesum wieder of the St. Matthew Passion. I picked the violin intro to this aria for our moment today. This is an aria from the St. Matthew Passion. We did a couple of episodes on the St. Matthew Passion kind of recently, and I wanted to do this one because it's really just because it's been in my head recently, and I've been trying to play it on the piano, and sometimes when something just sticks with me, it's the thing I want to talk about. What I love about this so much is the illustration of the emotion in the instrument part. Now for a quick recap of why these arias work so well the way they do is because Bach always takes an instrument, a solo instrument typically, sometimes it's a group of instruments, but usually a solo instrument, and then he has them play a solo line, and then he has the voice come in. And then at the end, the instrument gets the last little sign-off. We talked about that in episode 11. So here you get a violin intro, and it's just fast and furious. And furious being the key word here. It's about anger. The text is, Give me my Jesus back. Gebt mir meinen Jesum wieder. And when you hear the bass sing it, he sings it with a lot of fury. And the performance that we have here from the Netherlands Bach Society, we've talked before about how that group was formed with the express purpose to get together every year to perform the St. Matthew Passion. So they really know how to do the St. Matthew Passion. And it shows here. Yeah. In this part of the story of the Passion story, we have Jesus being taken away, right? Being arrested. And the rest of the text here is... See the money, the murderer's fee, tossed at your feet by the lost son. So that's talking about Judas being the lost son, the one who betrayed Jesus, and how he got his money for betraying Jesus, but then he felt so terrible about it that he tried to give it back to the priests and they wouldn't take it, so he just dropped it on the floor and ran out of there. And we have the bass soloist, like a lot of times these soloists would do, it's like our own personal reaction to a story or somebody else's personal reaction to a story. And here we have just anger at Judas and anger at those who have arrested Jesus. Give me back, my Lord. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not even a proclamation. It's a command. So the violin part perfectly complements this. 
it's really furious sounding. It's also such a tuneful melody. I mean, it's just such a hummable melody. Bach is so great at that. There's so many arias, not just from the St. Matthew Passion, but from all of his cantatas, from the masses, from all these things like that, where the arias have the same format. A lovely melody, very singable melody, even though it's in the instrument part. And then the voice comes in, and the voice will usually have something similar to what the instrument played, but not always. And it's just so much good melodies in here. I mean, you got there's some composers that are just amazing at writing melodies. A lot of romantic composers come to mind here. I think of like George Bizet, like in Carmen, all those yep. melodies are amazing. Mozart. Tchaikovsky. Oh, Mozart. Mozart could crank out melodies all day. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they were always amazing. So some composers are just better at that than others, I think. And Bach is one of the better ones, happily, <laughs> for our podcast. Because some of these melodies will really stick with you. This thing's just been in my head like all week. Bum, 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 bum. And then I love the little um, articulation. Right, and that's another thing we talked about before, but just the idea of this legato, like connected, and then staccato, short. And the the duality between long and short in these is what really gives it its flavor. Well, it's one thing. One other thing is the syncopation. So syncopation is just like when you play a note early and then it holds over a beat. So an example of how this could be played without syncopation would be like this. But instead, listen to that second note and how it's early. The second note feels early because there wasn't anything on the beat after it. Hear how I snapped a second time there? That's a syncopation, and that gives something a lot of rhythmic drive. It gives it a lot of flair. It gives it vitality rhythmically. And it is part of the reason why we think Baroque, we've talked before about how Baroque kind of sounds rock and roll-y to me. Rock music has syncopation. Rock music is kind of made with syncopation, especially in the melody of rock music. And if you don't have syncopation, it's almost like it's not, it's not modern rock music if you don't have syncopation. It's basically a requisite of, of rock music. Also, this is just really fast, and this performance is a faster one than, than most, and I love that about it. It can be argued that it's too fast, but I'm not going to argue that. I think it's great. Uh, it's, it's a yeah. choice. It's a choice that they make, and I mean, everybody's got their opinion on this stuff, but I think it's great. It, it's just perfect for what it's about, right? We have to think about, like, when we're making art, we have to think about, like, what are we trying to say? Are we just trying to have a good performance where all the notes are right? No, we're trying to say something with this. There's a message here. And the message is to bring across that text that the bass is singing. Give me my Jesus back. It's not just like, please give me my Jesus back. It's angry. And I have here a St. Matthew Passion score here. And while it's a great score, it has an English translation, which I don't like. But sometimes they have to sort of fit the words into the thing. So they, they just have to fit it the way that they can. But it says, give me back my Lord, I pray ye. Give me back, my Lord, I pray ye. Well, I don't like the I pray ye. I, I guess they just had to fill that, that space yeah. there. But that's not, the, that's not the character of the German text here. It's not I pray ye. That's, we're not asking 
you know, we're demanding here. In the beginning, we have a quick sequence here. We hear two measures of a melody, and then we hear two more measures, and it's up a step. Let's hear how that sounds. And then the next one. So this is super typical. I mean, this is just something, this is kind of bread and butter stuff for composing, especially in this time period. Yeah, and that second one is ornamented a little bit yeah. more embellishing. And it and that's what keeps it fresh. And I think Bach is really good at that. A lot of composers simply repeat something up a step, make a sequence. But Bach frequently will do something a little different the second time. Besides just moving it up a step, he'll add a little flourish in there. The other composers repeat Bach elaborates. Yeah, so here's what it would sound like if it was repeated up a step, but not changed. But here's what it is, the way Bach wrote it. And then we have these little flying figures that go up. We get a couple of different versions of those. And, and that's another sequence, but it's shorter this time. Now we just have one measure of music. But also goes up higher, like it goes up a higher interval this time. So Bach, basically what this means is he's like ratcheting up the tension here. And he's making it a little more furious sounding. Yeah, quite possibly just to musically evoke the words that happen later when the bass sings them about the money being tossed at your feet by the lost son. Yeah. One thing I really like about the ending of the instrumental introduction here is this figure that goes like this. And just that kind of thing is very typical of Baroque composers, especially Bach. I mean, if we do the Toccata and Fugue in D minor, which we will definitely do, a famous piece by Bach, one of his most famous, then that has a famous part that does a similar thing with fast notes. It sounds like this. That little sort of going floating back to a high note, always coming back to this high note, it's very Baroque. And then the version you have here is the opposite, where you always float back down to the lower note. This little note is, these notes are always on the off beats, which means they're not in a strong beat, but it's just a lovely little way to add some like flair and just a little bit of like importance and kind of like urgency to the sound. Because I mean, here's how it would sound without those little extra notes. Okay, well that's nice, but then here's how it sounds with those. I mean, it just gives it so much more urgency. I mean, doubling the number of notes, even though I'm not adding a lot of like, I'm not adding a lot of composition there. I'm only adding one actual pitch, but I'm just, I'm just keep on going back to that same pitch and I'm doubling it. And also in a way you're creating harmony for yourself too. Yeah. And it's, 
it's a way of for Bach to create a compound melody. And sometimes in music theory, we call this a compound line because it's one violin doing this, doing it all by themselves because they're playing basically two different parts of harmony by switching off between them, right? And in the case right. of in the case of the one Alex that you were just playing right there, it's kind of three parts. Yeah, it is. In fact, what would it sound like if you played them all together? Right, right, exactly. And that, that bottom line actually does move like this. But it's a different, it's the other violins, I think, or maybe violas, I'll check, uh, that are playing that, that other line. So it's not only the, the violinist that's playing everything here. But yes, you're right, Christian. And this is this reminds me of like the violin partitas and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. where if it's a solo violin, Bach can still make harmony happen. Well, here's an example that's a really classic example. And again, we'll definitely get to this in another episode, but just as a quick example, here's what that opening to that cello suite number one would sound like. Well, it's kind of like he's only he only has one instrument and it's only playing one note at a time, but it's making this chord. It's just arpeggiated, which means it's just all split up. So that's exactly what he's doing here. He's getting a lot of mileage out of one instrument. Yes, Baroque composers could think of things both vertically and horizontally, and that skill is what I think what makes that music so lasting. Some more modern music, the harmony is always vertical. And we don't think of things as linear. And some very ancient music is kind of only linear. And we don't think of chords being a part of that music. So Bach lived in this perfect time in between where he was aware of everything in two different dimensions that way. Yeah. I bet it won't surprise you if you've been listening to the podcast or if you have knowledge of this already, that Bach starts in a key, in this case G major, and then after the bass has sung a little bit, near the middle of the piece he is in D, which is the dominant key. So he's going to be there for a while, the piece is going to develop a little bit, and then when it gets to the end, it's going to go back to G. It's going to go back to where it started, and we'll hear the intro material from the violin again, as the outro, right, as the coda, the ending. It's the same material, basically, almost exactly the same, except the very ending is just slightly different. And then it just ends. It's short and sweet. Yeah, it's a lovely little thing. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast episode after this, if you happen to be, like, in a place where you can listen to it... (laughs) then just go for it. The link is in the episode description. It's less than three minutes long. It's short and sweet. And now, here is the instrumental introduction to the aria Gebt mir meinen Jesum wieder. Hey, hey, hey. 
If this introduction to a musical moment has inspired you to hear the rest of the piece, please see the link in the episode description to see the performance of the St. Matthew Passion by the Netherlands Bach Society. Do you want to hear our new episodes as we release them? Find us on your podcast app and hit subscribe. Please give us a rate and a review and check us out on social media. So, Christian, what moment are we going to talk about in episode 18 next week? We'll look at a moment from the Pentecost cantata, O ewiges Feuer, O Ursprung der Liebe, BWV 34. Nice. Until next time, enjoy those moments. Thank you.